This is Hello Drive Through Therapy. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode. As always, I'm grateful for your shares and for your support. And uh, making this accessible to people that don't know about it is going to be very helpful for them as well. So I appreciate that good deed. Really do. All right, let's get started. So today's topic is on narcissism. And it's blowing up on social media and, you know, especially YouTube. The concept of narcissism in our lovers and our partners, and it has gained so much awareness, which I think is fantastic. And so I'm adding on a nice mini lesson to the content that's already out there for you guys um, that sums up whether your partner is a narcissist or not. And it's for you to determine just based on what you hear today. But also, what is the prognosis for a narcissist? What is the outcome for them in treatment if they ever get treatment? If they ever get treatment, that is. So we'll talk about all that stuff today. But in order for you to understand narcissism better, I want to start with the story of Narcisse. And Narcisse was a hunter in Greek mythology. And there's a story about a hunter that walks into the woods and he encounters, well actually he doesn't encounter her, she just kind of sees him and falls in love with him, Echo, which is her name. She sees him and she follows him into the woods. And of course Narcissus was very beautiful and he was known to be self-centered, very grandiose and selfish and really cared about his image. What's really interesting about the story with him and Echo is that Echo basically represents all of us that are in relationships with a narcissist. So what Echo does is she follows him around and when he would say, who's there? She would repeat back, who's there? And hence the name Echo, right? But that's, that's interesting because that's what codependents do today with narcissists is that they kind of follow them around. But I'm, I'm fast forwarding. Let me, let me retract a little bit. Uh, yeah, so Narcissus end, ends up rejecting the love offer from Echo. And one day he's lured in by some goddess, I think, as a form of revenge because she sees how Echo is so distraught with this situation. And uh, he is lured to a pond and he sees his, his reflection onto the pond, falls in love with himself. And when he feels like this... He did. He, apparently, he doesn't know that that's him, but he does not get this love reciprocated. <laughs> interestingly enough, and he disappears, like uh, into the uh, becomes a flower or a white flower or something. I don't know. Variations of the story, or another variations where he sees himself, and he's so in in deep love with his image that he falls into the pond and drowns. Both of which are just to indicate that eventually the outcome for a narcissist is going to be self-destructive. That's what I really want to point out from that story. Secondly, like I kind of mentioned before, Echo represents people that are either children of narcissists or partners of narcissists. And they tend to be, generally speaking, when it comes to partners, because that's all we're talking about today, are their partners. They tend to be highly codependent. 
So why are they self-destructive? You might be asking. Well, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about them, but we got to first tell you a little bit about their personality traits. Narcissism is a personality disorder, meaning that it's not like depression or anxiety. Uh, personality disorders are more like self-defense mechanisms that people develop through their life to survive as a form of really basically self-preservation. And what ends up happening is that it doesn't work out. I mean, they develop these types of personality traits to protect themselves, but eventually it's become self-destructive. So for whatever reason, this narcissist had to develop a detachment from love specifically. So that's a personality disorder. They have a personality disorder. They're not like born with it. It is a learned behavior is what is kind of said in psychology. All right. The second thing I want you to know is that they have a strong sense of self-importance. They're grandiose. They, um, they'll take pictures of themselves all the time. They tend to uh, turn every conversation about them so they can uh, more than the average Joe, okay? You'll notice that the narcissist will always make the the reference back to them. You'll keep talking about your, you, you're sick and you're not feeling good, but they'll, they'll talk about how they're sick and they're not feeling good. Another thing which also resembles that as well is they're highly envious of others and they'll put others down, you know, not usually to their face, but behind their back. Their face, their face sometimes, but they're cowards. Usually narcissists are pretty cowardly. They'll do it behind their back. So they'll tell stories about them or how they're better than them and how they, um, they just make up tall stories about how they're better and how they're, they've done whatever these people did, but they did it much better. And they always want to outdo them. They want to out tell the story. Let's see. They also have a very strong sense of entitlement. In a relationship, you'll see them kind of ask for a lot. And it may not even be financially. It definitely may well be financially, but, or for monetary reasons, but it's not necessarily monetary. They'll ask for, uh, your attention. They'll ask for uh, you to compromise and keep compromising with them. And like always with a narcissist, you're always compromising with them. You're always adjusting and changing yourself if you're in a relationship with them. They have a sense of entitlement to that. Another thing that you'll notice about narcissists is they, and I kind of mentioned this briefly before, is they kind of tell tall tales. They live in fantasy land. They're very fantasy driven. How they're better than others if they're heroes in their own head. They're the most beautiful creature that ever lived. I mean, they have these fantasy stories that are just, they've been telling themselves over and over again. It's pretty disturbing, but that's part of their disorder, part of their personality traits. They have a high need for attention and admiration, and they panic when they are not the center of attention. As a matter of fact, it's very likely that most of the time the narcissist throws a tantrum. They do have a tendency to exploit others and use them. They don't necessarily look at you and all that you give them in a nice way. On the contrary, they think love is weak. And people that fall in love are weak and they're meant to be used or taken advantage of. It's a hard pill to swallow for us people that are or were in relationships with with a narcissist. Hmm. Also, narcissists can be seen in addicts and alcoholics quite often, but I never know necessarily if 
is because of the addiction, because the addiction itself is a very selfish, self-centered act. It's chasing their own self-gratification. So they could definitely be perceived as a narcissist, but they can have these traits, but they not, may not necessarily be a narcissist. How you're going to know it's a narcissist is basically they're that way every in every area of their life, whether they're at work, at home. They just cannot build anything. They cannot make any relationship work. They move on from one relationship to another. Narcissists also tend to have difficulty in relationships because they don't benefit from people. They use them. They don't, they, well, they benefit from them as in using them, but they don't benefit from being emotionally attached to them. They don't like it. Uh, they don't understand that they have trust issues, quite in your face trust issues. They always present as one foot outside the door in relationships. They They'll run, they'll ghost, they'll avoid, just so they don't really have to take responsibility for their own thoughts and feelings and how they react. They're very good at blaming others quickly. Uh, let's see. And if they're confronted about their own behavior, usually they'll uh, shift it back on you. And then you end up getting into conversation with them. And you're like, how did I end up here? How was I blamed for this? And you know, in your own mind, you think, oh my God, am I crazy? Am I really the reason why this person is doing all this? But that's how they kind of have a, they have a gift for doing that. <laughs> it's pretty sickening. Uh, these are basically some of the symptoms that you'll see in relationships. Narcissists don't have a really good treatment outcome because they rarely, and I mean this rarely, ever take responsibility for their actions. Rarely. Okay. I mean, I would place a bet on a pig flying before a narcissist showing up to treatment. Unless they're like being forced to somehow. Or they're an addict or alcoholic. That's the only time I'll ever see them in there. But most of the time, it's not common. Not very common. <clears throat> narcissists in general, again, are very self-preserving. They created this image of themselves. And... They play around with that image quite often. You'll see them change that image and make mimic whoever they are wanting to impress or what have you. They'll start mimicking them in many, many ways. And whether it's using the words that you use or, or they use or dressing the way they dress or want them to dress, but whatever it is. They'll use it. They have no emotional attachment to anything. That's why their personality or their self does not really exist. A narcissist has no self. There is really nothing there. But it's not that there's really nothing there. They've guarded it for so long out of self-preservation. Whatever they had to do, they had to guard it for so long and detach for so long that they don't know what that person is like. They don't know who they are, really, deep down inside. They are too busy manipulating. They're too busy carrying on different roles and different <laughs> images images and, and voices and whatever it is that they do because they'll do, they'll talk a certain way even uh, in one area and then they'll change up in another. They have no self. And the funny thing, when you tell them that, when you attempt to offend them by saying, you know, you're a liar, you're a manipulator, you're no good, you're a cheater, you're a whatever, whatever it is you curse them out with, they don't really care. And let me tell you why. 
they present it to you an image and they know it's an image. And so when you cuss that image out, they really don't care. They don't really have a self. They really don't care. If you're in a relationship with a narcissist or have been in a relationship with a narcissist, it's usually not your first go at it. You must have escalated to that person. And the reason why I say that is because at one point you had some kind of good boundaries. When you meet this narcissist, they're usually an overkill of everything that you were almost tolerating before in some people. They're usually the overkill. They're usually our biggest teachers. Whenever we meet a narcissist in our life, they're there to show us something about ourselves. That's the beauty of meeting with a narcissist. They show us that we're a codependent. They show us that we are an echo. We follow them around. We say what they're saying. We do what they're doing. We, we, we just cooperate with whatever it is that they want and they ask for. They don't even have to ask for it sometimes. We make justifications for them. We use really silly excuses for them. And they don't have to say or do much. And we are just usually happy with their crumbs. Again, they have a beautiful way of making you feel like you're so grateful to be with them. But in fact, it is not true. It is a curse. (laughs) It is like somebody robbed you and keeps robbing you and robbing you. And the day you realize that you're with a narcissist is the day you wake up and you're no longer letting anybody rob you. You're starting to fight, which is good news. So if you know you're with a narcissist, this is your wake-up call. It's your wake-up call to go to self-love. Codependence means that I sound like shit inside my own head, and so I have very little self-love, and my self-talk is really just poor. It's self-defeating. And so when this narcissist shows up into my life, he might sound a little bit better than me. He might say the right word, but all he's doing is mimicking what you want to hear. He asks you enough questions and uses this information against you, all in an attempt to create backups. Like a narcissist always has backups. They're never happy with one person's admiration. So it's either you're a backup or he's going to have backups or she's going to have backups. One is just never enough for them. Uh, Even if they don't cheat physically, they can have people or women or men that they still talk to and still flirt with all in, in their seeking of more admiration. It's just never enough. Never enough. And they're very disloyal because if one day they feel like they're not getting enough from you, they're going to move on quickly. They're going to get their backup. <laughs> That's why they have their backups. Uh, I'm not saying this to be mean or cruel. It is downright a fact. Narcissists do have these behavior tendencies and they've developed them to survive. They didn't develop them because it didn't serve them. But at one point it stops serving them well. They're, they could be at the age of 40 or 50 and they're still behaving this way. And they may want a relationship. They may want to feel like one is enough, but they've never really trusted themselves to do the work so they can get themselves to a better place, to building this sense of self and sense of worth that's not based on other people's admiration. And, you know, self-honesty hasn't really happened with a narcissist. They're not very honest themselves. They have to gain empathy and remorse for what they have done, what they do. 
So this way there, you don't do it again. Again, there's a lot of lessons that they have to work through and resolve these issues. Because uh, that requires responsibility taking and they're not ready for that. They're not well equipped for that. Their responses are usually immature. They throw tantrums. Even if they don't throw tantrums, they're, they, like I said, they run, they avoid. All very immature ways of dealing with problems. They don't confront properly, basically. So going back to you, if you are in a relationship or have been in a relationship with a narcissist, you're being asked to look at your level of self-love. How did this guy or this girl get away with so much when it comes to maltreatment of you in that relationship? And they got away with it for one reason, because uh, we are codependents and we have low boundaries, low self-esteem, the need to please, the need for approval, and they see that right away. Again, they don't fall in love with that. They don't fall in love, period. It's not common for them. They might call it love, but... What they're really saying is that I like the attention you give me, <laughs> but when thick and thin comes in into perspective, they're not, they're not there with the thick. They're not there. You'll see them. They'll never back up their words. Like I said before, they're disloyal. So they will use what you tell them in confidence against you. And this person, uh, just points out your need for approval, your fear of being alone. And also why you find this person familiar. Because it may not be love that you're experiencing here, my friend. It just means that you just find this person familiar. And you have memories with this kind of type of person, I guess. When you meet them, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, it must be love. But they're so familiar. And I noticed that many people that have grown up in a home where there's parents that are narcissists. They tend to be attracted to narcissist partners as well. And again, it's not out of love, but mostly out of familiarity. And sometimes we confuse love with being familiar with certain traits. That's it, really. With a narcissist, you are loved conditionally, meaning that you are you make me happy if you do what I ask you to do, if you benefit me. But when you don't benefit me, I don't really need to show you any love. So when we talk about treatment for a narcissist, if you're in a relationship with one, I would say my, the best advice I would give is to develop your self-love. Start working towards self-love and working with your codependent traits. Understand what codependence is. I have an episode on the sneaky condependent and you can definitely get a quick mini lesson on what codependence is if you just kind of review that episode. Uh, but... You can also look much information online about that. Melody Beattie has several books and they're great on codependence. And the, the famous one she's known for is Codependent No More. You know, if you don't have time to read, just get audio. You can get audio books and they can be quick. But you need to understand codependence so you know what patterns of behaviors you have and why you're att attracting a narcissist. If you find yourself attracting a narcissist, consistently. You're not crazy. It's because there's something about you that does that. And wouldn't it be worth finding out what it is? Let me go ahead and, you know, uh, shed a light on your suspense and just call it codependence. That's what it is. When I found out I was a codependent, I was able to work on my self-love. And what I found out beautifully is as I was working on my self-love and all the self-defeating self-talk and 
self-esteem issues and my comfort with being mistreated. When I was working on all that, I found out what I had to do with that relationship. Because once I built self-love, the relationship did not match what my needs were anymore. That's the beautiful part about it. You don't have to do much. When you start with self-love and you work on that, you'll know what to do with that relationship. It'll be loud and clear for you. But if you're in a place of self-hate, self-loathing, low self-esteem, then that's what you're looking at. You're looking at it through those those eyeglasses and you're looking at the narcissist and thinking, well, it's not that bad. I deserve all those things since I hate myself anyways. But again, the cure for this is get your self-love boosted. Learn about codependence and learn how to work through it. When you do that, who knows if the narcissist will match your lifestyle and your self-love anymore. It'll be probably more than natural for you to know what to do with a narcissist then. So I hope this was useful for you guys on a little mini lesson of narcissists and being in relationships with them. Again, a narcissist is a blessing. They show you where your self-love is at, as any relationship would, of course. That doesn't go well. But if you're with a narcissist, oh boy, it's like it. It's like a bad relationship on steroids, <laughs> on steroids, because in that relationship, the codependent is usually never right, <laughs> is usually ends up being crazy, right? They're always being told that they're crazy or they're over, they're, they're just being paranoid and they're lying to themselves or whatever it is that the narcissist tends to convey to them so well, but a, a codependent you'll, usually ends up feeling like they're alone in that relationship. And again, it's a blessing because it's going to get you to face your self-love. So if you got finally the wake-up call of being with a narcissist, that means you're there and it makes sense for you to move to the next step and get your healing and your self-love on track. Don't focus too much on getting to know what a narcissist is and obsessing about that because many people get to do that. They want to just look at the problem and think that's the problem. It's the partner. It's the narcissist. I need you to reconsider that. Don't obsess about the narcissist. They love it. Don't obsess about it. What I need you to do is focus on yourself. This is just pointing out a relationship that you have with yourself. That's it. So stay away from that uh, emotional trap. You don't need it. There's no mystery there. This is just another narcissist. Keep walking. There's nothing to see here. Thank you so much for joining me today on another episode. I hope this was helpful for you guys. Send it to anybody that you think might need this. And I know you know who might need this. <laughs> uh, this has been an episode of Drive Through.